Hello and welcome to the UK Shit Show Election Special. This is an emancipation collaboration from all three corners of the globe. We have, well, all all two, but three three podcasts from the from the <laughs> plane of podcasts. We all three corners. Why do we only be three corners? The world of podcasts, the plane of podcasts is a triangle. That's what I'm saying. Who do we have? Let's let's welcome and first time person on the show. We got Shane all the way from General Intellect Unit. Shane, how's it going? Going pretty good, considering. Pretty good, considering. You know. Are, were you out canvassing for the Scottish Nationalist Party? Go Nationalhood. Go. No, nationalhood. no. I, I'm far, far too busy and lazy to uh, canvass for anything. But um, yeah, huge, huge SNP turnout. It, it seems uh, they absolutely fucking swept the boards. Yeah, they sure did. Now let's bring in the other band from uh, General Intellect Unit. Uh, we've got Kyle all the way from somewhere off west. Kyle, where's it going? Where's it going? How's it going? Where's it going? We know where it's going. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's you know, I I went through a crushing uh, left wing defeat uh, earlier this year um, here in Alberta, uh, but I think that uh, I was less invested in the in the party here so i can only imagine how rough it is over there yeah so my condolences to to all the comrades out there <laughs> yeah okay and finally we have all the way from uh somewhere in america the yeah, yeah. Uh, ex siamese twin post-op <laughs> lexi how's it going uh post-op huh i'm not uh, <laughs> i'm not i don't know about that op Anyway, the wrong special up. ops. Um, yeah. How am I doing? You know what? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm I'm untouched by tragedy today, and uh, I'm just sipping my coffee. Uh, the tides roll in and the tides roll out, pretty much as the as the theory commands. And uh, I'm I'm sitting atop of, of platonic heaven, looking looking down at all the empiricists, and. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, we're, no, we're all into essence, not form. That's what we are. <laughs> yeah, uh, since, uh, since, yeah. Um, right. Where do we want to start with this? I, uh, I'd just like to say I'm not going to be one of those people who's like saying I told you so because I actually thought he there was a good chance Corbyn could pull it off. But mm. uh, I mean, in the more general, broad, long term discussion we've been having on the podcast, particularly the Mike McNair series. We're yes. talking about why this style of politics, you know, can win. I think it can win for a short period of time. You can do your Chavez or you can do your Morales, but you can't do your, you know, your Marxist type of uh, communist, uh, you know, uniting the individual and the collective forever in a perfect harmony. <laughs> you know, that stuff is like, that's that's totally different ball game um but like i'm very disappointed i must say just uh it's another four year five years of uh tories and a resurgent tories um so w one thing i wanted to shane how how are you feeling about it like did you get swept up in the green new deal element or any of that stuff because I, I i did i wanted i wanted well, I want the toys out. You know what I mean. I wanted to be able to throw eggs and and and, and cabbages at, <laughs> at, at Boris Johnson's cavalcade and smash the window and 
burn, yeah, burn your totally. house down. Yeah, I um, I, I tried not to, but you know, um, for a, for a brief moment there, for like a week or two weeks, it kind of did seem like we could, at the very least, push it into a hung parliament sort of situation, maybe even, you know, just just at the very minimum, disrupt the fucking Tory hegemony, and then that tiny glimmer of hope that there would be something that would take the pressure off for even a fucking moment, you know. Um, so I did, I did yeah, I, I kind of got like, I started to think, because I mean, being on Twitter, right, like, and seeing all this kind of stuff and seeing the activists do their thing, seeing the polls narrow, seeing all this kind of stuff really did seem like there was going to be something. And maybe, maybe if it was even just a hung parliament. And I was frankly stunned to see the exit mm-hmm. poll. Just like, yeah. how, like, how the fuck, like, because I mean, I, I guess I guess I, I had my head in Twitter, basically, right? Like fucking right. Brit, Brit left Twitter, and it was just like, how could this be so so different from the impression, you know? Um, however, you know, like at the, at the kind of intellectual level or whatever, it's like, I don't know, maybe maybe this is the sort of the best thing, right? Because I mean, an, a, a Corbyn government would have been a, a, a minuscule major, majority if there was a majority. It, otherwise, it would have been right. a kind of rainbow coalition with the SNP and the Greens, or probably even the Lib Dems, either of those would probably have been very ineffective. I mean, they would have still had to do Brexit. There's there's a recession coming, all this kind of stuff. They would have any, like, it would just turn out to be a Mitterrand kind of situation. But still, even still, it would be really fucking nice to have that boot just like put on a little bit less pressure for even a moment, you know? Mm. But no, Tory fucking hell world. That's what we get. Forever, <laughs> you know. There's a there's a comment in the chat here. Let me put it up on the screen for people here. It's um from Will Eyed Wunny, and he says they should never have gone back on support for Brexit. Like, I think this is totally indicative. Yeah, this mm-hmm. is talk. Yeah, that the Labour Party shouldn't have done the second referendum. I think this line of of discussion is completely missing problem to be honest like hmm. if they had gone back on if they had stayed with a brexit they would have probably ended up losing loads of remainers and uh you know labor party people that would have gone to lib dems or the tories down south or not the tories but lib dems or the greens you know and it just would have been it's either 40 seats in the north or it's 40 seats in the south i i think that's the lesson to be learned and like i was watching the Novara media election sesh, some of the afterwards thing. And, you know, they nearly get it, but still people talk about it as in its problem of political messaging, you know, that it's a Mm. message that the level on which the problem is, I'm not saying that all that analysis, but a lot of it is on the point of this political shenanigan, that political shenanigan. Right. You know, I think it's like, that's totally the wrong way to look at, the, the actual problems. If we go sure. and we look up up north, like why I'll ask questions people like pa- panelists, see what I don't know if, if you know so much about, but like why do you think in Northern England in these ex-industrial places that they voted uh for the Tories that they that they swung from Labour to Tories? Well I can give you the narrative that I think has the most coherence. And it was a narrative that I heard advanced before the election. And some of the only commentators that were telling me, I don't know, this could be 
this, you know, this could be a bloodbath here. This could be a real, uh, you know, basically the people that were predicting a rather large majority when, you know, normal bourgeois political science was predicting a hung parliament, if not, a, you know, conservative squeaking out a majority, right? They were saying this, that basically this is all about Brexit. And there is as much of a democratic mandate as you can get for Brexit. And the political class kept trying to relitigate it. But trying I, to... I think it's deeper than that, Lexi. I'm going to go in on I'm, you here. I think it's deeper. I mean, you're not going to let me finish my sentence. Which okay, keep going, keep going. Which, you know, again, what do I think of this analysis? Not really sure, but it makes sense of the situation, right? Is that there's, as far as you get democratic mandates for things, there's a democratic mandate for Brexit. The political class, virtually most of them thinks, oh, this is clearly a terrible idea. And if I'm honest, I share that opinion. I'm like, yeah, this, you know, I don't love the EU, but uh, this, this seems like incredibly misguided. And the only reason that I would like it is because it will be the end of the United Kingdom. Um, <laughs> that's the only conceivable, you know, real reason I could see to, to pursue that is if you want to destroy the United Kingdom as a political entity. Um, it's a hell of an upside. I, I mean, I think that's an upside, but for, I can understand why the British ruling establishment isn't like a big fan of this. And um, if for just for that reason, and then there's also, you know, additional like humanitarian reasons that are, you know, important, but in matters of politics, of course, secondary, because this is a brutal and human game. Um, and so, I don't know. I'm, I, I guess I'm putting this out there because for, for the most part, like people see this as a right wing or reactionary narrative. Um, and I don't know what, you know, to say to that, because I, I don't think you have to be a reactionary to take up a narrative like this. I think there's, there is like a, a disjunction between like what people in the political class want and what has been expressed as a democratic mandate through institutions. And if okay. you follow that, there's a big democratic mandate for Brexit. And then you see labor running a campaign that was actually about not just Corbyn's personality, but you know, a lot of issues. They you know did manage to do messaging on issues and blah, 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 but they didn't take a strong stance on Brexit. They didn't want to break things up along those lines, um, even though Corbyn had a stance on Brexit. And the main message from the Johnson campaign is let's get Brexit done. Let's get this over with already. Um, that, you know, that it's a coherent narrative, right? And if, if we don't agree with this, what's wrong with it? Okay. I'll tell you what I think is wrong with it. At, at base, they go up and they ask like these labor supporters, like the labor the vote share, like in, in the northern towns, I was some of the vote was down in the low 50s. All the Labour people didn't even come out to vote. Okay. And you ask them, like, I don't know, uh, Shane, have you have you traveled much around the UK to some of the like small towns in the disaster zones at all? Uh, not a huge amount, no, but a, bit, a few bits, you know. I'll tell you the story, like myself and, and my mates, we went on a kind of a disaster capitalism trip home to Ireland one Christmas. Right. And we spent a week uh, driving across like all the worst places in England and staying a night there. <laughs> right. right. And it was unbelievable. 
Like, it was unbelievable. Like, I've been all over the world, and I tell you what, you'd find it hard to, be, to find places in post-Soviet collapse Russia that were as bad as Grimsby. It was unbelievable. Grimsby used to be the biggest fishing port in the world, right? Until they overfished it, all the fish are gone, right? And the, the city is just left there. There's nothing there. We we went, we were in this hotel and it was about a 200 room hotel. It was like the fucking, it was like the shining it was. There was nobody in it. The sheets all had dust on them. I'd say there was nobody in, in the room that we were in, in a year. And we went, we went down to the reception and we went to the woman at the desk. I said, eh, <clears throat> is there anywhere we could get now some nice seafood? Like, because of the fishing port, they still have some like small, fish and stuff and she said oh yeah well i suppose you could go to cleetorps and we're like oh that sounds like a, a fancy restaurant we're like where's that she's like oh that's like 20 miles that way and it was like it was a different town and we're like oh no is there somewhere we could get some food <laughs> like you know there's bound to be fish <laughs> you know some some restaurant doing fish right. in in in, in the, the port, port. And, and she said well there's a fish and chip shop and we were like looking at her going this one is fucking this one is like something wrong with her like, mm -hmm. it's a city of 150,000 people, 200,000 people. So we said, okay, grand. We walked out and we walked around all the city center. We were in the middle of the city center. There was a closed subway. We found a Chinese takeaway where you could get takeout. And then we ended up going back to the fish and chip shop. And my mate ordered soup. They did a sit down bit. And then when they brought him out the soup, they'd forgot to microwave it and it was cold. That's what <laughs> Grimsby is like. Wow. Amazing. Damn. But like, yeah, I mean, it's like this, I, I think that what we're seeing is definitely like a, a, um, a working class in pain, right? Like that dispossessed and disenfranchised over decades and decades. And then given, given this one big red fuck you button, you know, that like through the, all of, all of the frustration and pain can be channeled through this like one bit channel of Brexit. Um, and that's the only bit of agency they've kind of had, like, or that really any anyone in the country has had for quite a while, you know. Um, and then, for like, like Labour had, like, in 2017, they had the, a pretty damn solid campaign, and they, they they did better than anyone expected. Off the back of, you know, they had Corbyn, they had the pretty radical manifesto, and they had a, a soft Brexit policy. And then the difference this year was, well, they had Corbyn, they had the radical manifesto, and they had the fucking second referendum thing, which people aren't idiots. They they see they know weasel shit when they see it. You know what I mean? And I think the appetite for a second referendum, the appetite for a people's vote, all this kind of stuff, is vastly overestimated. Like it's it's mostly a phenomenon of um the 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 commentariat really you know and the, the the sort of political class and so on, but I, I the the, app, the appetite for that just I don't think is actually there you know, and so when when it went in front of people they're like no that's just fucking patronizing and dumb and it looks and seems and probably is as if you're trying to fucking weasel your way out of it, and yeah as as Lexi said there's a democratic mandate there, and what does it fucking say that <laughs> like, you know like. The, the the ostensible party of the working class or whatever just just sort of has this humming and hawing kind of attitude towards towards democracy really and like I think the thing that really fucking stood out to me this time was that the 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 constituency for Grenfell you know the, the fucking tower that caught fire that went Tory and yeah the the Lib Dems kind of <laughs> fucked it. I'm, yeah, I mean, the Lib Dems, Dems kind of fucked it by like sapping the vote a little bit, but the fact that the fucking Grenfell constituency that's not the fucking Tory. Lib Dems. No, 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 no. Let's mm -hmm. let, let, let's yeah, noise. Lib Dems is fucking noise. Yeah, you know what not. I mean? 
Come no, on. it's not. They yeah, really, it is. Like you think about it, like that—that's how Kensington seat was a Tory stronghold forever. Mm-hmm. Last last time was a, a, a huge shock, and they won it by like two votes or something. And this oh, time, okay. yeah. And this time, they who did the who did the Lib Dems put into that seat? Only mm-hmm. a Tory, and he split the vote, and you won. Uh, the yeah. Labour person only actually lost by about a few hundred votes, and he basically okay, took like look, six thousand votes. But that's not I the just, point. I I categorically reject that. You know, people voting for one party is the reason. That the no, other party yeah, I'm trying to get to something. I, I just, yeah. yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I'm, I'm trying to get to something, but I got waylaid on my stupid story about. about <laughs> no, but, but the point that yeah, I was uh-huh. trying to make was was that like, like I've been reading about like the up, you know, how Labour came up, and they were working class people working together communally. They were getting like healthcare sorted for themselves. They were paying dues together. They they were doing childcare together they had great they strike together they you know they they had a real sense of community and it was social and you go up to these places now and what do they have they have historical memory of something right right yeah who do Mm -hmm. they have they have they have the ex-miners you know uh who are all now literally they're all in their 70s and 80s okay and that's it. They're children who don't bother voting. And if you have any of those Labour people who think they've been betrayed by Blair and all these other people and they see Farage come up and it's like, here comes Brexit. It's Brexit is a symptom. It's a symptom of that decline of the organisation of the working class. And all of the political analysis of it is getting right back to our critique of McNair. Okay. Our critique of McNair both has a lot to say about this, but also our critique of McNair Mm. is that it has to go to the social. And like this idea of momentum, momentum is like what momentum is basically, I'm not slagging people's work off. They did good work. But if you think about it, somebody was telling me now, I'm not sure if this is correct. I'm pretty sure it is, is that momentum has basically been turned off into basically like a thing where they can get canvassers out. And it's like it's like one of these U.S. vote pushing things, and yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Like that, the that Labour Party, true with my experience, is the Labour Party itself kind of thing here needs to go like fundamentally democratic, right? The problem is, is will the will it actually go towards what it should go towards, a democratic, and will the actual activists go towards actually building the social thing? But to do that, they got to go to these places. There's no point in just sending up some London Twitter sphere heads uh, or Manchester sphere heads or wherever the hell out to these places and sending them and uh, kind of geeing people up one last time. Yeah, and they see you once every five years. I'm living in <sighs> right. I'm living in Greenwich in in London. Right, it's uh, where I'm living is like one of the lowest income places in London, and it's a it's a labour stronghold. Right. And while Labour councils have probably done well to try and keep like the child centre places open and the and the and the libraries going a bit and you know all these things and trying to prevent them from being shut down, right? But me as a person, as a as a fucking communist, right? Sure. <laughs> have I ever had a positive interaction with the Labour Party? Never. Never had any real interaction. We tried to get mm-hmm. a, a shelter for our bikes on our street. Twice we applied for it yeah. and they fought us off twice. Right? That's the limit of my interaction with them. When it comes to stuff like libraries and stuff, and maybe they're doing really good work behind the behind the scenes, maybe they're not, maybe they are, right? That never hits me. When I go to the library, it's just a fucking library. It's not the labor library, right? 
It's not like this library would has been brought to you by the Labour Party. We fought. For, it's just a fucking library. You go to the Sure Start Centre. It's just a Sure Start. Like it, it's not in people's. They, they have no connection. It's totally disassociated. The party is like set up for managing fucking councils, well, and yeah. it's inherent. They're inherently resistant, like councillors and all that. They inherently don't like their own people to get involved. Fundamentally, yeah. Well, I guess the, the kind of big anti-electoralist tendency, people in the United States, socialists in the United States, that learned something, le learned something really specifically in 2016, um, is that th that other tendency is something called, something people call around here base building. What they do is that they want to form some kind of like, social interest org for instance like a uh like like a like a tenants union okay and build some kind of outside of you know electoral space build some kind of collective sense of self-interest now i know i kind of know this strategy as the saul alinsky strategy and i know that that it's being presented in marxist terms these days but I know this from like the progressive organizing days of the 2000s. And um, this was usually presented as an alternative to not just like voting for John Kerry and the Democrats, but also like Green Party stuff. Is that, okay, we're gonna do community organizing. Um, it is a good idea, of course, to look to the social instead of the directly political, right? However, a lot of community organizers, um, you know, some of them, some of them are, are pretty scrupulous and are really interested in these efforts in a way for themselves. That like just just the the essential experience of people fighting for their own interests is what's important here. And then you have people that are motivated by the failures of their other sort of more alienated political efforts. And um, now these people can be a problem, but on the other hand, you know, what if a bunch of people that realize that, you know, a kind of political internal labor party thing and just only interacting with, you know, the proletariat to canvas or something, you know, what if they, you know, what if this pushes them in the community organizer direction is what I'm trying to say. Like, what if that there's a base building tendency and like as well, like I'm sure this is already something that people are doing in, in the UK, but it's going to gain an influx of people that don't want to give up the fight in some way. Like, do, um, do people think that's been done in the UK? Shane, do you think that's been done in the UK? Um, I kind of like my, from seeing the last couple of weeks or even just the, the whole, the whole sort of Corbyn momentum thing, it, it has felt like it's kind of trying to trying to retroactively build its own support base after the fact or whatever, like trying to right. kind of start out as a party apparatus kind of um, kind of thing. I mean, I, this is kind of just riffing on that kind of classic idea of like, you know, social base, like it, it, it doesn't fucking exist like currently. And like, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I, I really don't mean to denigrate the kind of like canvassers and the people I, I know and respect who have gone out and really fucking tried, but you know, I mean, 
it's it's a thing that comes up over and over again that like you kind of need to start from a social base and then build from there not try to backfill it at the end um yeah and i think kind of in the shadow of this of this kind of defeat like that really has to come under scrutiny like you know the electoral thing the entryism or whatever you want to call it and like trying to then then go around and talk to people in the last moments as you're trying to stitch that together doesn't seem to have worked (laughs) you know um but i do hope that like i mean so like the question now is what what the fuck comes next right like um are people just going to be fucking deflated and and not not bother anymore or i think it's maybe what lexi was gesturing to is like trying to trying to detach from the party and do this base building stuff instead to kind of learn the lesson effectively right to to say that hey look yeah we do we do and in fact actually need to build from the social first and to Let's do all the stuff and then go out and do it. Maybe even like something like Momentum becomes a kind of non-party faction or a cross-party sort of thing, like an organization in its own right that has its yeah. tentacles into various parties. There's a bunch of different ways that can go. and I, But also depressingly, one of the ways it goes is possibly that it goes fucking nowhere. You know, that's also another possibility, Yeah, which is really scary. It, <laughs> I mean, in, in some ways, it's the most obvious possibility that fuck. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, like, and so without without some action, right? It, it will kind of go there. A lot of people are going to just flake off of the electoral tactic, or specifically people that have the electoral horizon, you know, that's their whole strategy, right? Like those people are going to be devastated. They need a new strategy. People that mm-hmm. are aware that this is like a, a tactic in a bag of tricks or something um, are going to be less <laughs> devastated, but all the same, like, I don't know, community organizing, I've tried it. I don't even really know what it is. Like, and I suspect I a lot of people that try it aren't that good at it and burn out. I, I kind of wonder if like even community organizing is kind of like a couple of rungs up the ladder from, from like the kind of basic stuff. Like, I mean, yeah, me too. The, 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 the atomization and the sheer like acid bath of late capital, just like dissolving fucking everything kind of leaves us like, like yeah, the 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 community org, like doing a community garden or something, is kind of probably, you know, like there are prerequisites for building solidarity that are kind of presumed for that that just aren't there. So I I don't know, like mm-hmm. I don't know. Here, but lads, what what about uh, what do we not think? And ladies, do we not think that um, that we could like get communism through like the Labour Party in its current form by like mm-hmm. getting momentum? doing canvassing and then we can <laughs> incrementally just up the amount of the shares mm. that the government that the workers own incrementally each year maybe two percent this one and we we'll get there by 45 parliaments later what, what tom then, tom we, we well, need a community got we need a community who, garden who, first who's going to speak against that we, we need a community up. garden first who's no no community garden speech? first then incremental change that's the mm. only difference is first we need community gardens and then and then as long as we keep everything else the same, it, it should all work. Oh, you know, you know what's an example of that? Like just riffing on that community garden bit is that like the way this kind of community organizing stuff actually kind of plays out, plays out in practice a lot of the time is the way you support community projects is if you go down and do your weekly groceries at Tesco, they give you a little blue token. And on the way out, there's a little like three slots thing to like support. Do you want to support like, you know, community garden or do you want to support some other fucking thing or whatever. And you drop your little fucking vote token into the thing. And like, 
I just that kind of all like I mean they're 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 great initiatives whatever but like that kind of yeah. feels like it's still captured by fucking capital at a fundamental level and really isn't um, a truly like not even grassroots but below the grassroots like down in the worms and muck and roots thing level of organizing it's it's quite a few levels above it of like hey you know T Tesco will help you vote for a fucking also you know vote like spend spend your little blue fucking money token. Like, could, could it be, like, literally a market introduced into the fucking, like, community organizing thing? Like, I don't know. It's just shade, shade, <laughs> friend, friend. You know, there are people that do this down in, in the dirt with uh, mm -hmm. with their, you know, junkie and, and sex worker friends. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, too. Like, there, there is mm -hmm. nice kind of more r romantic punk versions of this in the American heartlands mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Those things do exist. And the question is, even in those, like, limit limit cases of, you know, wow, all these people are 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 not the usual suspects maybe and mm -hmm. and they're trying to do something you know even like so like yeah in in the the tesco blue token black mirror you know co-op <laughs> case whatever like that that yeah that's clearly foreclosed you know that mm -hmm. is clearly something that's captured that's you know that's john lennon's imagine that's not that's not the next revolutionary mm -hmm. anthem you know yeah. um yeah. it's uh but but even in these sort of stronger cases of let's say, God, what was the very dismal town with the cold soup you're talking about, Tom? Um, oh, Grimsby. There's a film. Yeah, Grimsby. Your man Borat did a film about Grimsby. <laughs> okay, Grimsby. all right. Yeah, the Grimsby. All right. Well, yeah. maybe like maybe some kids in Grimsby will listen through to the Revolutionary Strategy series, get to reading Mike McNair, somehow accidentally stumble upon Hal Draper. And then, you know, go attempt to do like Alinsky at organizing with Marxist characteristics mm -hmm. in, in, uh, in, in, in Grimsby, right? Well, that, so like, look, I'm telling you, we've got like, 902 subscribers to my YouTube channel now. Okay. The limit. Wow. Wow. Damn. <laughs> We're buying a yacht. Um, mm -hmm. but, but the point being like, you know, even in the strongest case and to criticize something like this again, I feel like I just described the plot to the Goonies. Like this, this warms my heart. Like I want to see this happen. I want, like, I want these, I want these kids to exist. I want them to try to like associate themselves, and then I want them to win. But, but even in the stronger case, that isn't that you know, it's not the Tesco blue token. Like we're we're still in danger of of something being kind of good doing some good and then kind of petering out because it's very unsustainable to do that yep. level of good as a, as an activist or as something that doesn't have social legs that kind of carries it further beyond a sort of, even if it's mutual aid, you know, like good, but you want something to be like institutionalized to a very light degree where it's not literally just a couple people doing it, doing it. Like, and, or, you know, or if the people that started it withdrew that it could continue, like me, I don't know how many other mm -hmm. layers of institutionalization, you know, um, invalidate Nine. something from the liberatory content or something Yeah, like, you know, Nine like the, the, the yeah. capitalism so, kicks in, you know, and then, oh, we can't do anything anymore. But what's kind of amazing there is that like what we're describing, like, I mean, I'm in, in agreement, right. But what we're describing there is literally 
the absolute rock bottom of just organizing at all. Like mm -hmm. yeah. organization <laughs> is to form organs which persist like beyond the activity of their cells. You know what I mean? And that yeah, that is right. that is like table stakes. But that's that's the the sort of like um seemingly fucking intractable like utopian vision of like getting getting any kind of an organ to form in any sense at all you know that like yeah. that's so that it wouldn't just be the, the activist burnout of when when an individual cell stops doing its thing the entire fucking thing collapses um and it's yeah. just like the, the gap here with this election is really fucking with my head like that like the the sort of momentum corbin wave seeming to have such support and yet when you kind of look below there's just kind of nothing, you know? And again, I really don't want to denigrate the kind of, the people who really have fucking tried, like have put a lot of work into this kind of stuff, but like the social infrastructure, the basics of like solidarity and kind of organization in the working class is seemingly, and I'm open to being wrong on this, but seemingly just utterly fucking absent. Um, and, you know, we're, we're gonna have to think about going down to like the amino acid kind of level and constructing fucking proteins from scratch to like build up towards cells and build up towards organs, you know? Oh, fuck. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. well know. like, that makes sense. Is, is it actually the case that workers are so disorganized or is it the case that it's it's just the kind of workers that would go into momentum that are are organized? Like it's <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like it's really hard for me to get a grasp on this on this whole thing because um everybody I know from the UK who is not like a left-wing politico uh was a Corbyn supporter and also was like a definite like remain like pro remain uh person right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and so like the other points of view in this discussion are just completely invisible and that situation is made worse because the UK media that is available um that would talk about these things was largely on the same page, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like the Guardian was pretty hostile to Corbyn, uh, was very adamant in promoting the Remain line, right? Um, in in uh, in the election, they became more sort of like pro Corbyn because I guess Corbyn kind of like went along with the bare minimum of what they wanted, um, and then the other sources that you look at is kind of the same story. So it's like. I'm really reminded here of like uh, like Manuel Castells's uh, formulation of uh, the space of flows versus the space of places. Like, I think maybe the workers in the space of flows have some organizing potential, but they're not quantitatively very many people uh, on mm -hmm. the left, at least. Um, and the space of places, it's like it's just like it's like a foreign country that. You know, you have to do like space probes to go go find out what the hell's going on there because it's so out of the conversation. It's just like yeah. it's like like they read the literature about this stuff, or sorry, like the news reporting about this stuff, or the discussion about this stuff on Twitter or or on, on podcasts or whatever. And it's very like anthropological. 
Like, oh, we're going to the, the hinterlands <laughs> to, to talk to the strange native people. It's like, mm-hmm. like what is it? So, it's missionary work. Yeah. Well, no, it reminds me of, like, you know, like they're doing a revolutionary series right now about, uh, about Russian Revolution. And it just reminds me of, like, going to the people is the kind of, is the kind oh, yeah. of uh, you know, conversation that's happening here. Um, yeah. And, I, and I'm not like I'm. I, I think there are there is a substantial number of workers who are like in the momentum orbit, who are actually workers, uh, but who have very little in common with the sorts of people we've been talking about on this program so far. And yeah, like I, I don't mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if they really see that that much common interest. Um, they might have an there's a, they might there's have a whole lot of disconnect. <laughs> You know, like at best, they'll have an accent, and um, I'm not trying to give out about him because I'm that I'm fucking that guy too. But it, you know, it like it reminds me, like just when we're going back to Grimsby, we when we walk down the main the main pedestrian street in Grimsby, Grimsby, it'll tell you how grim it was. It's like two or three days before Christmas, and like there was myself and two big Irish guys, six foot one, two guys, you know, big guys walking down. And this guy came over to us, and in a slightly threatening manner, he asked my that's my mate. He said to him, can I have your jacket? <laughs> my mate was like, what the fuck? What the fuck a question is this, man? Like, and the pub we drank in, everybody, everybody, there was four pubs in the city we could find. Everybody was an alcoholic. One guy was standing, and you know, in these fake, those pubs where they have like fake old stuff, you know, they, for me, from an old church, they cut pieces of church right. and they put it up at the side of the wall. And there were some banisters. And this guy was standing for two hours with his head between two banisters. Holding <laughs> And then another Amazing. guy came from the jacks. He oh, came no. from the toilets and he walked past and he said to me, he says, he says, you're that guy from Coldplay. And I was like, what the, what the fuck? He goes, he goes, what's, what's your man's name? Chris Martin. He goes, you're Chris Martin from Coldplay. Oh, my I, was God. Like, I said, oh, yeah. I was like, what an Irish accent, you know. I said, oh, yeah, well, don't tell anybody I'm here, will you? And he's like, what the fuck are you doing in Grimsby? Oh my god! And I, I was like, well, I was playing a gig in Norwich last night, and we're just like out in the town in Grimsby tonight. And he was like, "Fucking brilliant!" He's like, "I fucking love that song, Yellow." And he stumbles off like that. That was everybody in the pub. Wow. Like it was like something from fucking, you know, you see these post-Soviet Russian miners, and they're like falling over. Right. It was incredible. But I want to bring it back a little bit to my. My favorite bugbear, well, not my favorite bugbear, one of <clears throat> another of a long bugbears I have with this current left we have is that we have uh, no internationalism, none, mm-hmm. right? Do you know, I was I was so surprised. I, I listen, I don't know how I still do it. Once in a blue moon, I will listen to, uh, what's that one? Is it Dead Pundit Society? Anybody know that one? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm aware, I'm aware, I'm aware of uh, Adam, uh, proctologist play, playland. Yeah, yeah. So uh, him, right? I've never, I don't know if you've seen a picture of this guy. I've never heard somebody oh, who God. looked exactly like their voice. <laughs> 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 like he's the most Buzz Lightyear sounding motherfucker I've ever heard in my life, right? And he fucking looks like him. He's like a men's help model. It's like oh. what? Oh, I don't know what this, this guy's Buzz is, but. He had on like uh, 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 an, uh, an advisor to um, an ex, ex-economic advisor to John McDonald and he was chatting about mm-hmm. stuff. And at the end, he was talking about how momentum people could, Americans 
could phone bank Britain. They could ring up and they could get the info and from from Momentum and they could phone bank. And I was like saying to myself, it's like, like I was really surprised. They actually did the most minuscule bit of internationalism. And it's the very, very, very first bit I have ever heard in this election or in the American election. Shows you how unbelievably like nationalist all of these things are. Not mm -hmm. only that, like, uh, like um, oh no, it's gone. But like, you know, the, uh, tied into this, not only uh, do we have no international, uh, uh, no international of the left at the moment. In, I mean, the dominant left stuff. But it's like uh, I was saying to you guys earlier, cousin, because earlier we we have uh, like our Ireland can have a left wing um, nationalism like Sinn Fein. And and Scotland can have a left left wing nationalism, like uh, SNP. I'm not going to say after the rev after they get unity, they'll still be left wing. They'll tend right. Uh -huh. But and implied, you can, you can have a left wing nationalism, right? But in England, an ex like a, an ex an imperial nation, you can't have a nationalism. You can't have a nationalism be left wing because. You know, the nas the nationalism that is the nationalism of England is about how we ruled the fucking world, right? And to <laughs> to get to get somebody in there who says, Well, actually, you know, you stole shit, you murder fucking people and you burnt their shit down, right? That's what your empire is about. That just would that just that cannot work. It can't work in France, it can't work in Spain, it can't work in Portugal, can't work in Italy, can't work in, in Germany. I it can't work in any of the imperial ones. It can work for a while in a colony, right? We just look at all the colonies that did it for a while. But it, like, so Brexit was always going to be a disaster, always going to be a disaster. And it shows, for me, it's like, like the Brexit party were an irrelevance fucking 10, 15 years ago. They were two, three, four percent. They were as irrelevant as the Greens and normally polling less. But like, these fucking capitalist motherfuckers, right? What will they do? They they know the system. Their intellectuals read Marx and stuff. <laughs> they do. And they they know about how to divide and conquer. They've been doing it for 400 goddamn years, right? And minimum. And, and like, they're sitting there waiting with these fucking time bomb parties and tactics, like the Tea Party in America, ready to go for the crisis is to come. And if we've got to have any strategy of the left, it's got to be ready for these fucking cannons that are pointing at us, waiting for the next thing to go wrong in capitalism. Yeah, yeah. I think there's, I think there's certainly something to that. Like that the, at the very least, these, even if it wasn't planned in advance, I think this, this thing has been a sort of wonderful gift to the capital class in being able to keep everyone fucking distracted for so long. And I kind of worry... Like now that it seems like the UK is about to fucking fall apart, I worry that the Scottish independence thing is going to be the same thing of like a big giant national scale fucking spectacle that gets everyone's attention for a couple of years and means that they're not working on building a workers party. <laughs> you know, like it, it, it'll just be this fucking heat sink that um, like Brexit that just takes up all the fucking space and energy in the room. Well, can we like just drill a little bit into the question of like why in response to this event, why is it that there was this very strong uh, response like across a lot of the left 
saying, okay, well, the thing we got to do now is nationalism. We're going to break up the UK, right? We're going to, we're going to go Irish unification. We're going to go Scottish independence. And, and uh, this is the cause we can mm. rally around. Like, why, why did I, we go there? I think those, so both of those are pre-existing tendencies that have been around for a while, to say the very least, right? That like, there's been a kind of gravitational pull for, for the Irish case, like towards eventual reunification. The Scottish independence thing has been floating around for quite a while. I think um, in both cases, you have with the Brexit vote, you have this like, um, like England and Wales broadly vote in favor of Brexit and then Scotland and Northern Ireland vote pretty decisively to remain and yet get dragged along as always by the fucking English. And that kind of just inflames those existing tendencies away. Cause like, you know, the, the, the English are widely fucking despised in, in the UK. Right. But like, it just inflames it to a point where like, at, at least in Scotland, like it's just, there's palpable disgust at the fact that we like, uh, this, this polity just cannot get its way. Like the, the, the democratic vote in Scotland simply doesn't matter because those, those fucking idiots down south are just going to ruin it for everyone, right? Like, and I think it's it's got to a breaking point where they're just like, no, enough. We've we've got to be rid of these cons. It's time to drill a hole and sink England, basically, you know. And like, um, it, it, for many people in in Scotland, it seems like it's not even necessarily an investment in the nationalism. It's just that kind of like like with the Irish separation thing. It's just like we've got to get away from these fuckers so that we can do anything of our own, like left, right, or center, you know. But that, that determination just is not there if um, you're kind of tied to this fucking millstone. So, yeah, I think I think that's why that kind of reaction has, has come through so strongly, because it's it's a visceral re rejection of the basically kind of a rejection of the UK as an institution, frankly, yeah. like if, if people are honest yeah. with themselves, you know, it's like like Lovely. a lot of people walking around here are just frankly disgusted at like the institution of the United Kingdom as a totality. Um, and like you look at the, the electoral map for this this election just gone, and it's it's as plain oh, yeah. as day. Like basically yeah. mm -hmm. every fucking constituency is SNP, um, blue and green. It could like. couldn't be more clear, you know. And I don't think that's necessarily down to like a. I, I think there are, there are distinct cultures within the UK. Like I think the the Scots are a lot friendlier and kind of more on the level than than a lot of folks down south. But like it's yeah. also just that when you cross the border north, the SNP or some alternative becomes available. Suddenly, right. it's not it's not a two horse race between Labour and, and and the Tories. There's this other. I mean, look, the SNP are a fairly middle of the road sort of neo-lib kind of socially progressive kind of party. Like they're kind of unremarkable in a certain way, except for the independence push. But mm -hmm. once they're available as an option, people fucking do it because they're just absolutely disgusted at the rest of it. Um, it's 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 almost like a kind of micro uh, or a meso scale like anti politics in a way, right? It's just a rejection of the yeah. The, the yeah. Westminster way well, of doing things. I, I I guess what I'm hearing is that like there is there's a substantial disgust of the the current state of of affairs, and also there's a lot you can project onto the idea of national autonomy, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. like it, it, because it, oh, it because yeah. it's something kind of nebulous and undefined, and, and just gets you away from this uh, the, the fucking status quo and how disgusting it is. Uh, like yeah. like. Even if it's the case that like politics in Scotland would just be captured by the neoliberals as soon as independence happened, mm -hmm. like just the possibility that it might not be 
um, is still attractive, there's, given there's the circumstances. That. Yeah, it doesn't seem that, you know, it just doesn't seem that empty to me, actually, because, all right, let's, the kind of anti-politics narrative I was talking about earlier, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, that Brexit has a democratic mandate. If we wanted to challenge that, we would look at the ways that bourgeois institutions distort, you know, democratic will, or, you know, or like the ways that elections don't necessarily like represent a lot of people, you know, <laughs> like there's, there's still a lot of people in these elections that end up uh, disappointed. There's still people in these referenda that end up disappointed. Um, the break off of Scotland and the break off of Northern Ireland reunification with Ireland would be positive steps in a democratic direction, mm -hmm. you know, for, for, you know, a population to have institutions that like more at more accurately represent them. And of course they're going to be distorted bourgeois institutions, but, um, but I, I guess that seems immediately attractive to me, you know, yeah, that like, yeah. <clears throat> like, just, you know, a hard Brexit. It's simply about self-determination, right? Like, a, there's a hard, that, yeah. Yeah, a hard Certainly. Brexit, like, 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 it's gonna be, you know, especially now that there's this conservative majority, like, before the election, I was saying, oh, you think there's gonna be a Christmas Brexit miracle? Now, seems, that seems like it could actually happen. It doesn't mm -hmm. seem that far off. And the way it's gonna go down is gonna piss Northern Ireland and mainland Ireland off so bad. I'm pretty sure the SNP is already calling for another referendum. Yeah, yeah I mean, as of today, are. basically. It's, yeah. This stuff's going to happen pretty quick. Yeah, the United Celtic Front is finally formed. Yeah, I think there's <laughs> there's one thing I should probably clarify, and I mean, especially probably for like American listeners, like um, we've been talking about these kind of like these these nationalisms or whatever, uh, but they you they don't really call to mind what you'd expect, like. Um, so one of the big sort of swings in favor of the SNP in the wake of Brexit was that uh, people up here could detect the kind of xenophobia of of the of the the, the Brexit sort of result and the um, that kind of that kind of isolationist rhetoric and their support for independence is not to so that they can form a kind of isolated kind of Bantustan kind of uh, you know with with high walls or whatever it is. It is a nash. It is a kind of like a turn to nationalism in order to affirm a cosmopolitan internationalism. Like, I mean, pe people look around here and they can do the mental arithmetic, and it's like there's so many Europeans and like people from all over the world here. Um, it's a fairly cosmopolitan part of the UK, and like they're like, oh no, we're going to do nationalism so we can be internationalists. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's it's a little bit counterintuitive, maybe for the American audience. Um, it's 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 not quite the same thing as what you'd expect it to be given the the label, um, right? 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 Yes. But it's probably uh, it's probably similar to Ireland, where pretty much became neutral, yeah. and they weren't like you know they got out of they never entered NATO, although they do a bit of shit yeah, now. Yeah. You know, it's that kind of a, a vibe. That sort of stuff, basically. Yeah. It's it's more it's much closer to the kind of Irish nationalism, whatever, than to uh, the kind of nationalisms you think of of like the the United States or like a, a Trump nationalism or. Uh, well, you know, whatever, MAGA nationalism. So to what extent then is like the SMP messaging on this question, um, like ethnocentric? Is it, is it, no. it appeal to like liberal cosmopolitan universal values as like, you know, like we're not like those parochial 
people down down south. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, pretty much. Like it's it's okay. not even remotely ethnocentric. Even in, the it's, in fact, it's probably the opposite. Like it is it is explicitly multicultural, multinational, international. Huh. Um, like there, are, the, the 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 rallying cry is the English are going to close our borders for us, and we're not going to let them. That's what the rallying rallying cry, cry seems to be. It's like, hey, if you like having Greeks and people from everywhere hanging around Scotland, and everyone does, like, to, to within a rounding error, like, it's a very cosmopolitan kind of part of the, the world, right? Um, let's let's fucking ditch the English so they don't fucking ruin it for us. It's kind well, of basically the gist, you know? Um, yeah, I, I can, I can, uh, I'm familiar with that kind of nationalism because I live in Canada. Sure. Yeah. It's very, very similar to Canadian nationalism. Um, yeah. But, right. uh, the the interesting thing is that like Scotland is a potential ethno state, and it doesn't like the rhetoric isn't angling in that direction, which is very yeah, different yeah. from Canada. Yeah. It's it's very different. Right. Yeah, but like, um, Scotland is, also has like pretty substantial like um, Asian like really substantial Asian population, um, like um, so I think even like is yeah. It, I mean, look, I mean with the societies there that there's racism all through throughout societies but i think i mean i, I could kind of hang my hat on a statement like scotland is a pretty non-racist sort of place you know with all the qualifiers in the world you know tacked onto the end of that statement but um it doesn't seem to be in any way a sort of ethno-nationalist kind of thing it's, it's not like you're kind of um fucking cascadia secessionist front kind of thing where they they all by coincidence are fucking white dudes you know <laughs> yeah i mean like i'm i'm a little skeptical that nationalism can be deployed without those overtones mm -hmm. somewhere yeah but sure. the thing that gives your comments like an air of you know plausibility is that what are scotland and a united ireland going to do as soon as they get independence and for ireland Reunification, they're going to join the EU. Uh huh. Yeah. Right? I mean, and I guess as part of reunification, Northern Ireland will join the EU. I mean, like a, a nuclear power. That's what I hope. Yeah. Now you have a voice. You have you have a voice on the world stage, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. Um, I think as well. Like um, when you listen. When you listen to the SNP or whatever, like they kind of say they say the quiet thing out loud in some ways. In that, like the the argument for um, having independence so that we can be an open sort of country is because like we need the labor to like replace all the people who are aging and dying. You know, like it's it's almost like they're they're super upfront about it being a kind of um, capitalistic neoliberal sort of thing, right? That like it's like oh yeah, we 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 want to have like this um, progressive fucking immigration regime or whatever because of labor like shortage like it's it, they're kind of weirdly upfront about it um, in a certain way uh, I, I guess I have to respond to this question on the screen whether <laughs> I support a hard Albexit or uh, Wexit as it is often called uh, nice. the, the Albertans trying to, to wrangle Saskatchewan into that uh, that notion. Uh, no, I mean it's that's just a complete fuzz campaign uh, of the sort that Tom was describing. Uh, you know these uh, these sort of like marginal uh, astroturf organizations that that capital tends to to mobilize in a crisis. Um, 
you know, I, I, I don't, I don't think there, there's any argument that can be made in favor of Albertan independence. Uh, like, I, I don't even entertain the notion. It's, it's just like the, the, uh, the, the specter of deindustrialization really does hang over this province very heavily. There is a, there's a gloom and a fear uh, among everybody here right now. Um, and, and, and a lot of, of fear about what's going to happen in the future, because this has been a, a quite a, quite a wealthy industrial province has been a place where, um, for many years, it was the only place in Canada where, where working class people could achieve some level of class mobility. Um, and that's probably, or that's, that's over. It's certainly over. And what does that mean? That's a really scary question. Uh, but does independence solve that problem in any way at all? I don't think so. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, as, as, you know, speaking about, you know, the, the Scottish uh, independence case, I think there's a lot more merit to that argument than the, the, the Albertan uh, independence it, argument. It was really funny to see those kind that kind of wave, uh, especially like after the 2014, the initial independence vote, um, there's kind of these couple of other sort of secessionist movements pop up and basically borrow the logo like the California independence thing with its like yes logo is literally like a, a screenshot of the fucking yes logo from uh, the Scottish independence campaign. Like these, these copycat kind of movements that don't really have the kind of long um, history of like simmering support is kind of entertaining. Mm -hmm. Well, um, yeah. there is a history here. Okay. It, it's, it's just, there's never really been a good case for it. It, it, it is, it is, it's always been a rhetorical ploy by Albertan capital to get a better mm -hmm. deal within this the is, Canadian yeah. Federation. Yeah. Which is just Texas, this is Texas nationalism, basically. Oh, it's, it's very Texas nationalism. Yeah. 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 Which is yeah. like, it's, it's interesting that you, you the mention of the capital there. Cause like, I mean, um, I think, I don't know, we're kind of getting into the, into the weeds on these kind of like separatist, like, um, nationalisms that are against their colonial masters or whatever. But like uh, the thing that would like capital was shitting itself in the run up to the 2014 independence vote. Like it was very like, no, please fucking don't do this. Um, and it, but it had, it had fairly white popular support. I mean, obviously not white enough to, to get it, to get it over the line, but um, I don't know. I feel, I feel like the, the, the ways that these kinds of like, again, so like for Scotland at Northern Ireland for like Wales or for basically for the breakup of the UK, which seems to be coming, it's going to be really fun to like try to figure out what along what lines this stuff really does split, you know, like, um, Oh Jesus. Yeah. I mean, is, 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 is Northern Ireland's re reunification with the, the, the main Ireland? Is that, is that a plot by Northern Irish capital to, to fuck <laughs> over everyone? Probably not like almost certainly not. Um, <laughs> but it, it would be a default kind of explanation that many Marxists would reach for, you know what I mean? Um, I don't know. There's some, some some really wild stuff going in uh, going on there, probably. Um, what about the lizards? We haven't discussed the lizards either. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Solid point. So I don't know. Um, I think I've kind of I've kind of answered maybe something that I brought up way back at the start of this conversation, where I was kind of going on about like, oh Jesus, it's 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 so hard to believe that the fucking Grenfell place went this way, or that people didn't respond to that photo of that kid on the floor of the hospital. And really I've answered, I've kind of in thinking about it just now, I've answered for myself that like the reason I found that hard to believe 
was that I got swept up in the fucking idealism of it, frankly, like of scrolling right, through right. Twitter and seeing the momentum folks out there. And it's like, yeah, Jez is about to do it and this sort of thing. Um, and yeah, I, and then there's this massive crushing, crushing disappointment when you realize that like, yeah, the, that, that there kind of wasn't enough to it um, behind it all. Um, and that, you know, there was some really fucking bad tactical and strategic mistakes on the part of the the leadership as well. Like, as we mentioned earlier, going going for the kind of um, re, re-referendum angle seems to have completely fucked them. Like, 2017, they ran on basically the same platform and got got pretty damn far with it. And 2019, same platform, but with with a second referendum. And people smell, smell the bullshit, you know? Because they're not morons <laughs> at heart, right? You look yeah. at the polling and Labour were ahead of the Tories up until Theresa May's deal came in. And when they huh. started playing political games with it, they went way down. And they thought yeah. that they could make, and to some extent I did, but I obviously didn't think it through properly. I thought that they could use it to hang the Tories, make them look like a shit show and split them. But what mm. it did is it cleansed them, brought them united, and it exposed Labour's flank instead of their own. Yeah, um, you know, and that's that's just the polls. I thought the polls were off. Interestingly, you look. Um, reason why I told the polls were off because they were waiting them to Brexit. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they had, they waited them to have a fifty-two forty-eight in favour of Brexit. And while the polls in this election showed it, the, the parties that were against Brexit was fifty-two forty-eight. Mm-hmm. So, well, that's probably not even true because probably some Brexiteers still voted for Labour. And in all of the northern towns, all the Brexit, all the pro, a lot of the Labour people just didn't vote at all or they voted for Brexit Party. Mm-hmm. Turn out way down. So, like, in essence, they thought they, they were playing uh, silly buggers with, the, with, with, the, with their strategy. They're trying to be too smart mm-hmm. and it burnt them. But, you know, you make mistakes in politics, but that's not the reason why they lost because if it wasn't this election it will be another election where there'll be a yeah, yeah. because there is no way to socialism through politicos uh canvassing once every five years yeah totally That's, i kind of wonder i wonder as well if this like um all this kind of like four-dimensional chess stuff and like the kicking things around sort of stuff is like it's just such a kind of um invention of like the of twitter and the fucking commentary sphere that like it just obscures all these like fairly simple root level explanations for things like you know that like yeah. um and yeah and that 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 kind of really does boil it boils right down to that thing that like um kind of like what 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 would have happened if they'd won kind of probably not very much like i, I keep i keep hearing the word mitterrands just fucking echoing in my head right. um and yeah i don't know um that'd make a good song track title wouldn't it mitterrand yeah. echoing in my head yeah, yeah, be real <laughs> fucking hit of the summer for this year. Um, You're my Britpop revival band. Yeah, so social you know, base, gotta, folks, gotta fucking do it. I got gotta a Twitter ban. How, how, how do you do it? My first Twitter mm-hmm. ban. Do you you got a Twitter ban? I'm I proud of wow. you. Do you know what I got it for? I what? called the basis of the, of the blur a Tory cunt. Good man. Very nice. Man, I saw him play in New York in 1997. Oh, wow. Every, all of my friends were there. We were like, going, that guy is a cunt. 
and I said that in the, te- in the tweet, I said, I saw you in New York in 97, we all thought you were a cunt. And now, <laughs> and now, now it's 2019 and you're still a Tory cunt. <laughs> Interestingly, you, you, got, you mightn't believe me here, but uh, I was uh, at that concert. Uh, we were standing beside the VIP area. I don't know why. And uh, is it Helena Christensen, the supermodel? And okay. another supermodel were there with us, and they were like, talk. They nearly they asked us for a lend of a cigarette. And they're like, I, I, I know you from like Chanel ads. And we're like, okay, there's one. It was very strange. Anyway, that's yeah. that's my I, I met a supermodel. One, I met another supermodel, but I won't go into that one. But, okay. uh, sorry, all, right. all full of stories here tonight. You're talking about <laughs> I once met a supermodel. There you go. Yeah, yeah. have we anything uh, left to talk about here? Before I freeze to death in the Besides uh, Stephen Alexander James, the English have, musician and songwriter. Oh yeah. Have you as seen, well as well as a journalist and a cheesemaker. He writes <laughs> the Guardian as well. Oh Let my god. And oh, David, oh, Cameron, David Cameron and that big fish-faced seven foot car <laughs> weirdo. What's his name? Uh, Jeremy. Clarkson? Jeremy uh, Clarkson. Yeah. Faith yeah. Clarkson. Uh, you know, I, I gotta be honest, like I hadn't been paying that close attention to UK politics. So when like Theresa May called for the snap elections and I don't know, and it, and it ended up in a it hung parliament. Like mm-hmm. I thought there was no fucking way that the conservatives could win the next election. That's what I said. I said it out loud where everyone could yeah, see well, it. The, the, like as far as I could tell, the Tories didn't run a strong campaign. Like they like, looked terrible, so pathetically weak that yeah. it was, it was just like, well, anything could be fat, right? Yeah. 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 It seems like it was much more like it wasn't so much people voting for the Tories as it was like explicitly a rejection of labor. I think that's, that's, that's a lot of the analysis I've been seeing kind of looking at the numbers of the, really? the way things flipped. Yeah. That like, it was, it was much more a rejection of labor rejection. than it was an, an, an affirmation by old people. Like well, under, no, the, the, the youth was like like fifty five. I don't know about that. 20, yeah, no, it was like the, the under, thing. The thing that 20, makes more sense to me is that this is about Brexit, and this is about this is basically this is more like electoral support for a uh, like. All right, let's do the Brexit. Like just get like, it over with. Yeah, like let's just get okay. the shit over with. That's kind of like. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and maybe that's maybe that's too defensive. Like, if you think about it, that's a much nicer analysis for Corbyn. Because let's be honest, Corbyn was not as strong a leader as Tony Blair. He's uh, he was sort of an historically sort of weak actor as a head of a party going into an election. Like, and part of that is by design, of course. He's bringing an oppositional message into an institution, but. If you're going to bring an oppositional message into an institution, let's look at like your, your payoff matrices. If you go soft left, people are going to say you're a Stalinist. If you go, if you actually go for what like a a good, you know, Marxist electoralist would go for, they're also going to say you're a Stalinist. You kind of might as well do what you think, you know, needs to be done or your campaign on it instead of like, softening yourself to the point where you can't take an issue on the most important thing in the country's politics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, but the, the, 
isn't like an issue there that Corbyn's personal uh, opinion on Brexit was supposedly he was in favor of it. Uh, but like that's the momentum true. people, that's not true. That's just right. It's not, true. it's not true. Okay. No, so he's, he's not, I, I understood that to be true, but I guess true. that's yeah, not true. No. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Internet. Tell us the truth. Yeah. <laughs> it's not true. Like he denied, he, he said he voted for any campaign for, but he wasn't, he, <laughs> he had a critical campaign for Europe. His campaign was, we should renegotiate. Oh, true. Yeah. That, that was his official position. Yeah. 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 That's, okay. that's right. Um, uh, in the, in the original, yeah. Referendum. Uh, so, but it, it feels like, you know, the, the activist base that brought Corbyn to power and Corbyn didn't necessarily see eye to eye on this issue. Um, mm -hmm. and, and then there was a lot of division between, yeah, that group and the pro Brexit labor support. So like, you know, it seems like it would be difficult for a leader to, 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 to come up with a strong left campaign without the support of like the left wingers around him, uh, him, right? Yeah, he seems to have been a very, like, it seems to be just division all around, right? Like there's no clean sort of like unitary kind of alliance. It's always kind of like, oh, I, yeah, I, I, I like Corbyn's policies, but mm, don't, know, don't know about him as a person or like, oh, I like him as a person, but ugh, those policies or three or four different axes there. And it's kind of like, he's a highly kind of ambivalent kind of figure, like, um, I think, yeah, I mean, he, he's, there was a certain joyous way in which he absolutely fucked off everyone who like needed to be like annoyed into a heart attack um, in this country, but like also kind of hard to, um, kind of hard for a lot of people to throw their weight fully behind for a lot, for a lot of reasons, just like not, not a super strong leader, but also, you know, probably the, the, the best, like the, the, the closest thing we'll probably see for a good while to a, um, a socialist leader or whatever, or whatever, you know, within that kind of area of the graph, right? That had any kind of popular support, um, mm. as as thin as it was, you know, it's like this. This is really weird, right? This kind of like, kind of, in some senses, a non non event that was also the most significant event <laughs> for the left. I don't know. I don't even know how to think about this shit anymore. I mean, it's a big deal. It's this, yeah. is, this is an unexpected result, like. Yeah. You know, I don't know. This is it's just significant. Like this is important data, right? Like, <laughs> oh, it is certainly. Um, I, plus, I think I think the sorts of thinking that come out of Corbynism um, are going to continue to be significant uh, on the left in Canadian politics going forward. I think that the example of like Corbin and momentum did actually shift thinking here a little bit. Um, and those policies seem to be maybe a little bit more popular here. They're not so confused by uh, this issue of Brexit. Um, so, you know, it's certainly a, mar it's kind of a marginal position still uh, to argue for any of this kind of stuff in Canada. But um, I do think that, there was an example there of bringing socialist or social democratic ideas back into policy thinking um, that did have some influence here. So 
you know? Yeah, I, I just really hope it stays there. You know, like, I, I hope it does build and continue. Like, um, I would prefer there to be, like, a, an institutional echo and hangover from from Corbynism. Um, I would prefer for it to develop and, and become even more positive and such. I, I kind of wonder, like, for the UK, like, if it, you could say that, like, oh, with Brexit, when Brexit gets out of the way, then maybe... You know, we can get get that stuff back out into the daylight, but then I don't know. We're kind of looking at probably just a kind of Yugoslavia situation of just like kind of like a breakdown and fucking fragmentation. And maybe when that's out of the way, then kind of Corbyn-style socialism or socialist-leaning politics can can have its day in the limelight without without interference. But then maybe there'll be something after that. I don't know. Like I, I would strongly prefer there be. Um, another like continuing continue the left resurgence i really really want that to happen but i'm kind of worried you know kind of worried look can you hear me people uh-huh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. um the well the, the the voting on the youths were like was labor were big big majorities all the way up i think to 44 year olds and then it switched over so um you know, we just have to wait around 40 years because we all know that young people don't turn to the right when they get a good mm-hmm. house. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, they ain't getting a house, so nothing mm, to worry well, about there. That's true. But, uh, you know, they might get a wheelbarrow, wheelbarrow and a tarpaulin. Now, oh, yeah, they'll be bought off. There, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> like the Tories aren't going to do council houses, but they are going to do council wheelbarrow tarpaulin initiatives. Where you, the wheelbarrow aristocracy. Yeah, they'll give you a 0% oh, yeah. loan <laughs> to buy yourself a, a tarpaulin for your wheelbarrow. Um, Inherently reactionary. It, yeah. So, <laughs> does, yeah, wheelbarrows are inherently reactionary. Anybody I know who lived in a wheelbarrow for any period of time um, uh, ended up in the mental asylum. Now, here we go. Uh, are we all done? I'm mm-hmm. freezing to death here. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Thanks everybody for on the show today. Thanks for all the the listeners. We had like probably a record of like thirty four or something at one stage listening. Wow. We're hitting the big time. We're hitting the big time. All right. Fucking Uh, a. Love it. Everybody, thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you next week when I uh, talk about why I'm becoming a member of uh, uh, the Irish Republican Army. Bye. 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 Bye.